0: Calling all hairstylists and makeup artists. Would you like to have a strong wig knowledge? A solid foundation to build your wig styling skills on? Would you like to gain the respect of your cast, colleagues and employers when it comes to wig work? And feel more confident in knowing how to handle, style and apply wigs? Well, do we have a treat for you. Introducing Last Looks Workshops. Come down to Beverly Hills and join Jamie Lee and Rob Pickens in the Last Looks Workshops experience. Spaces are limited, so be sure not to dilly-dally. For more details, visit lastlooksworkshops.com.
1: And now, our feature presentation.
0: Today, I'm speaking with Howard Berger, makeup designer and co-founder of KNB Effects Group, based in Los Angeles. What did we chat about? Well, I think the question is, what didn't we chat about? Howard has been on an incredible career journey, one most people only dream of. So sit back, relax, or get those walking shoes on, or maybe you're in the car on your way to work. Either way, be sure to enjoy part two of a two-part chat with Howard Berger.
1: Up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Um,
0: now having worked on I mean it's a ridiculous amount of fabulous stuff Howard like the the IMDB you know it's a pretty <laughs> it's pretty amazing I want to know what are a couple of your most memorable ones yeah.
1: Um, well, IMDb, for starters, is always wrong. Has, like <laughs> I have credits that I never worked on, and okay. then there's a, a, a shit ton that aren't there. And I'm like, I hate IMDb. Well,
0: then it balances out. I mean, yeah, if does. there's it some does. missing and some that um, yeah, need to be there. Yeah, there's there, usually
1: it's... more missing than there are. Right. You know, like, I didn't work on that movie in 1977. <laughs> what the hell? I was I was getting bar mitzvahed. Um, but uh, you know what? It, it's We've worked on hundreds and hundreds of movies. And I have to say, probably my most fun films are... <laughs> I love Army of Darkness. I had the most fun on that, getting to work with Sam Raimi, and I had a magnificent crew, and we worked so hard. That was a blast, and with Bruce Campbell and everything. Where I loved did you work- shoot that? We shot that in beautiful Acton, California, ah. um, You know, which was like seven months of nights in the desert. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, during the summer, hot as hell. We were not too far away from Tippy Hedren's big cat preserve and so we would hear lions roaring all night long um but yeah it sucked uh tons of bugs (laughs) everywhere uh you know, people, you know, a million puppets. We were puppeteering, doing makeups, getting a background in suits, finding out that there were some backgrounds that were having sex while wearing the suits. So we had to get rid of those suits. Um, you know, one guy peed in his suit. And it was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but I was out there with Bob Kurtzman. And then we went and we shot in Hollywood. And, and Nicotero joined us when we went to shoot in Hollywood, which yeah. is good, on, on a soundstage. So Loved working on Army of Darkness, and I'm mm-hmm. very proud of that movie. Loved working on From Dust Till Dawn, which Greg and I had such a great time and such a great system. Like, Greg would be on set all the time, with uh, Robert Rodriguez, and mm-hmm. I'd be in the shop, which was our makeup shop, which uh, was right behind the set, and I had like Wayne Toth and Norman Cabrera and and Gino Crognolly. and it was really just the four of us doing all the makeups, and we would pump shit out, and we. Greg was on walkie, I was on walkie, and Greg would then radio me like, "Okay, Howard, next up, I need five vampires and three dead bodies and a severed head," and then I'm like, "Okay, guys," it was like a short order cook, so Greg would be barking out what he needed, we would be in the back putting it all together, and then we send it out and then Greg's like, okay, now we're going to do this. So it was super fun where, you know, I just stayed for the most part in the back room mm. making stuff up and then Greg was up there, you know, and we would go to set, of course, like, you know, when we were done doing makeups and then we'd help wrangle everything, but it was super fun. Loved it. Another, another like six weeks in the Titty Twister set in... <laughs> Downtown L.A. during the summer, yeah. sweating like pigs. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun. And working with Clooney and, and Harvey Keitel and yeah. Juliette Lewis yeah. And, yeah. and Robert and Quentin.
0: I have to tell you, Howard, that I've just had a realization that, I mean, I always knew this, but now I'm actually speaking to somebody who worked on the film.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I remember watching... Is it Full Tilt Boogie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, making up. That was the moment for me <laughs> uh-huh. that I was just like, because I was working in the in the salon and I always knew that that wasn't, I was just like, I can't do this forever. It's going right. to drive me insane. And I'd kind of thought about fashion stuff and like, how could I, how could this keep being interesting for mm. me? And it was watching that and just going, oh, my God, I need to be on set. That mm. looks like so much fun i need to be on a movie set and i'm just like you know in small town new zealand going is that even a thing can i even (laughs) do that but it was watching yeah everyone make from dust till dawn on full tilt yeah it was was crazy this is amazing
1: it it was uh it was an amazing shoot yeah and it was super fun and and Savini you know was in it so it was fun Mm -hmm. to hang out with Tom and do his makeup and yeah no it's crazy my 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 wife said that too she's like I saw a full tilt boogie and I was like who's that guy he's really cute and then you know and at that time she was let me think that was in 19 she was 15 years old so um I didn't marry her when she was 15 okay just so you know uh but yeah it's funny you know she's 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 16 years younger than I am and uh i'll think of like she'll be like hey when did you work on that movie you were four <laughs> it's like never mind yeah yeah it's like how hey how old were you when you worked on day of the dead you were four how old were you when you worked on you know da da on dust till dawn you were 15 <laughs> so um but uh yeah no so so dust till dawn and then um I loved, loved, my all-time favorite movie to work on was Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was magical because I, I felt like it truly was very parallel to the book. Like, you know, I got to go through the wardrobe and live in Narnia for a year and a half. And, yeah,
0: it's pretty magical. And then it-
1: yeah I was king of I was king of Narnia, and then I came out and 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 it sucked <laughs> and I wanted to go back to Narnia <laughs> um, but we had such a great time and K and B did such a great job and we were super busy because Nicotero was doing sin City and Land of the Dead at the same time oh, and, far and I remember we were both twelve hours apart mm. and he was on on um he was shooting in toronto with george Maryland of the dead so oh, we would talk to yeah. each other every sunday and mm. it would be like 12 because they were shooting nights 12 midnight his time and 12 in the afternoon in new zealand mm. and that's the other thing too i got to go to new zealand again and uh which i love and it's my all-time favorite country to, to work in and visit. And I can hardly wait. Now that the, now that they're opening up again, I'm going to plan a trip to go visit everybody. Oh,
0: you and me both. Um, oh God. I, just, <laughs> I love it.
1: There it was, I had the most fun ever. Narnia was magical, you know, getting to, to work with James McAvoy before James was James McAvoy and, yeah. and, uh, got to create all these creatures and these worlds and really prove that we could do this, that be could, do this. And, and Tammy and I had the best time ever. And it was such a great, great partnership. And, and it reconnected us, not that we were out of connection, but she had gone to New Zealand for what was supposed to be 15 15 months to work on rings and stayed it's five a, years yeah. to work on rings happened to a know. lot of people <laughs> yeah yeah you know it became a resident and bought a house <laughs> yeah. and, you know in welly and then i'm like well the only way i'm going to get her is if i do a film in new zealand so i mm. called up i said hey i'm coming to new zealand and guess who's going to be on the movie with me tammy <laughs> and um and so we did the film together and then of course you know the movie turned out wonderful and beautiful and it was the first movie i ever worked on that my children who were very young at the time could see and, nice. and visit the set Oh, that's and cool. and so they yeah they were in they were in new zealand for four months the beginning of the shoot during their summer holiday mm-hmm. and that was wonderful and then you know and then to add gravy to the already amazing experience mm-hmm. you get nominated for an academy award and a bafta and a bunch of other stuff and you win it all and you're less like holy macaroni and it's not something we <laughs> ever thought of it's not like all right this is going to be our oscar you yeah. never do that that's that's stupid to do and, and and it's not important it's just nice that something you do is recognized by your peers and it you know even just the nomination is quite amazing and then to win you're like holy crap this is I can't even believe this you know but it was a, it's a childhood dream though because I love the Academy Awards and I would watch the Oscars with my dad every year and it was magical and wonderful and majestic and and then to get to go and I just kept thinking because both my parents passed away decades ago, hmm. and I just was thinking like, God, if my folks were here, my dad would shit. Yeah. He wouldn't believe that, like, his yeah. kid uh, is up on stage at the yeah. Academy Awards, and uh. I was like, this is crazy. You know, all the shit they endured for me and destroying everything, and <laughs> to the point where they built something outside. They're like, you need to move outside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm okay with that. So, like, I had a shack outside that was purely for making a mess, and I just lived there, pretty much. You know, it's it was a bittersweet thing, not having them Here when that happened but but i know that you know hopefully they you know maybe they know or they don't know i don't know but but uh (laughs) anyhow it was a childhood dream and it worked out great so so yeah so narnia i loved working on hitchcock with with tony hopkins Mm. that was a blast and then i Another gravy situation when I got nominated, which was wonderful, and and that was a fun period because Tammy was on the ticket for The Hobbit yeah, with with Rick, Rick Finlander and yeah and um, uh, Peter King, and so it was fun to go through all that with Tam, even though we were on opposite films. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, Les Mis won. It was great, and it was fun to go again. and And then I think um, I really loved working on Oz the Great and Powerful. You know, I mean, the movie. The movie was more fun to work on than it was to watch <laughs> no offense to well, anybody I mean,
0: but you're going to Oz I mean that's yeah. you know
1: yeah you're gonna no, be on great. set
0: and look around and be yes. like wow
1: <laughs> and I got and I got to be back with Sam Raimi which I hadn't worked with Sam for a while and 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 I was super lucky to have Mila Kunis you know in my chair and mm. and, and I had a, an amazing crew I like was able to bring tons and tons of magnificent people and and uh, Yolanda Tasing was the hair department head, and she had great people. I had great people. Uh, Vivian Baker ran the straight makeup department. She had great, great people. So we really made it special. And, and what we built as far as like the, the physical building we took over to build hair and makeup and prosthetics was magical. And it was so fun and i never got to do that like that before i mean on narnia we had these enormous like tent cities that were could have had their own governments they were so big and and um yeah it was crazy but this was something really amazing and and we had a blast and we were there for like god it was like a nine month shoot i think yeah where were you in in michigan in troy michigan and we never left we shot on a sound we shot on sound stages so the entire Production was all in studio. There was a great, great facility. It's not there anymore, sadly, because the 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 genius uh, governor at the time decided to kill the tax credits. So, even though the that movie brought in something like ninety million dollars into the economy in Detroit and Michigan, you know, I guess that doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) But it was unfortunate because it was it was a spectacular place. And then I got to work there again when I was doing whatever the last Transformers thing with Mark Wahlberg was. We we worked at those studios and. The, and the makeup rooms were all the same. they were all shut down, and all my stuff was piled up and it was I found the chair that I made milan in because it was covered in green paint and uh <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I should take this back home you know but anyhow it was a it was a great experience and and the the movies I picked what makes them special is not the how they turned out it mm. was the making them yeah, you know uh they all turned out pretty darn good, but it was the experience that changed my brain and changed my life and you know, I learned so much, you know. Another film, too, was Kill Bill. Kill Bill really changed me, changed my brain a lot. And working with Quentin so closely for mm-hmm. so long, he just drags the best out of you. He expects only the best. And he's wonderful and, and brilliant on every level. And I admire him beyond belief. And I think he's a great filmmaker. And and he really pushed me and my crew, which were just two people, uh, Jake McKinnon and Christopher Nelson, mm-hmm. to the brink of of like exhaustion but every day we went home of course covered in blood yeah i was gonna say well he does like, you know, that's like, like God, his blood <laughs> oh boy we used a lot of blood on that one and we walked home with, you know bloodied leaving bloody footprints in the on the marble floors in beijing of the hotel and uh going boy that was a great great day that was a really super super fun day you know yeah i'm just exhausted but we knew we were doing something super cool and doing it for Quentin and and you know you you know things are successful when you hear his cackle behind the camera oh, uncontrollable laughing and nice. you're like i think we've succeeded on this yeah. one so but those those are films that are very very dear to me and mean the world to me i mean i've i've had great experience i was very lucky to work with Seth MacFarlane on 3 seasons of the orville mm-hmm. very 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 tough difficult project for a number of reasons but ultimately Seth is such a great guy and so smart and so inventive and artistic and funny and kind and and just really knew how to do it and I got to employ hundreds of people through those seasons uh, yeah, 706 cool. makeup artists and we hired a lot of hairdressers uh which was great I feel like I at one point I think I added up like 200 people we had hired on one season
0: oh, far overall
1: out. and I was very proud of that and um so when I forgot to report something to the union and I got a call, I just said, hey, by the way, I hired 200 members. So...
0: <laughs> the production office must have been like, more start paperwork? Oh, yeah.
1: God. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. And I just, I had it literally piled high, and my assistant would like, you know, before on their first day, because I always set up everybody's station, everybody gets a name plaque on every show. So they know where they're going. I like to decide where people are sitting because then I don't get clicks, you know, like, well, let's all sit together. And da, da, da. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to sit over here and you're going to sit over here. And you, this is how I've arranged it. And then here's all your stored paperwork. And then there you go. You're ready. There's no questions and it works out great I love I love the organization aspect of it too so it's yeah I feel good about it
0: is that part of your just being a department head yeah yeah
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find I'm a very organized person. I'm very systematic about things. I Mm -hmm. I have OCD uh, regarding things like that. Like, it's got to be like, it's got to be like this. And I want it like this. And I, you know, I have a very specific way and all my keys are always like, you don't give, you're not letting me do enough. And I'm like, I got it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, this is, I love doing it. I'm not doing it because I'm, you know, being a martyr. I'm doing it because i have a specific way i like it done so but i i make sure it's all that's why i get there early get it there an hour early to make sure everybody's good or you know i always push you know if we're gonna have a big um like a bullpen day i i really pressure production and i work with production and like okay there's gonna be 30 additional makeup and hair i want these stations set up two days before we need to get everything ready when they walk in it's got to be 100 percent it's not any of this like bullshit i've seen where you know people walk in, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know where anything is. Their, their department head hasn't really set up anything or, you know, and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is insane. So I make sure it's a thousand percent. I make everybody's name tags, you know, big things that have the logo of the show. And at the end of the show, they take them, they can take them home. I've had some people take them home on the first day and then they Mm -hmm. come back and they're like, where's my name tag? I'm like, you took it home. So do it again. You're not going to get hired back because you're not allowed to take your name tag till the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) If you take your name tag, that tells me you're done on the show. Yeah oh god I'll oh, bring the off? name tag back I'm like yeah don't take I didn't say ta- and take the name tag on your first day you idiot so oh,
0: people will take whatever's not glued down sometimes
1: that's for sure and, uh-huh. I, and, I, I, and I've and I've had to make it a really strong point with everybody because social media of course is a huge huge issue and I'm mm. like you are not allowed to you do not have permission to post anything about the show or photos and I said and when the show comes out guess what you're not permitted to post photos. What Mm -hmm. you can do is you can call me Mm -hmm. and say, hey, Howard, there's a makeup I did Mm -hmm. and I'd love to post it. I said, well, send me a photo. And Mm -hmm. then I check with the studio Mm because I have gotten calls from studios where people on my crew have posted without permission Mm -hmm. and it becomes an issue. And I have to call them and go, you better take that down now or your fox is going to come after you because you posted an unauthorized photo that puts an actor in uncompromising situation.'" You know, oh it might boy. be like an actor in an alien makeup having a cigarette break, and you posted that, and mm. it's like, yeah, that's not very smart. Social media is like a heroin to people; like they have to post every five minutes, or they're, you know, gonna get the the shakes or whatever. And I I'm know
0: like, I have if, such a one of my pet peeves is posting continuity
1: photos. Oh God, worst.
0: And yeah. I, you know, there are times that yes, everybody's okayed it. But please put that in the in the, in the the section underneath the information section to be like, you know, I have clearance to share this image. Yeah. Because otherwise, those who maybe don't know better and should know better, um, just scroll through their phones and find continuity photos to post. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that actor that you've taken that photo of was under the impression that that was for your continuity, that mm-hmm. that was going to go on a folder somewhere. And that's as far as it was gonna go, that you need yeah. it to match, you know, for the next day, whatever, whatever. They don't think that right. you're taking that photo to then post it on social media for the world to say.
1: Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's serious. And there's there's been makeup people that should know better that post have posted and published continuity photos. And I'm like, Yeah, I wouldn't that's mm. gonna be and they and they heard from the studios. It became a huge issue at times, and it's just not smart and So yeah, I make it a point, and I said, you know, if you're on location for me and you post, you know, hashtag da 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 da, Mm -hmm. and I see it, I'm going to be really really upset. You know, you don't, you don't, you do not have the right to post anything. You are you're an employee of the company of the of the studio. I think what people don't understand is. When you get your check and you sign the back and you deposit it, that mm. means you agree to the conditions set forth, which is part of your NDA. Mm. So you don't have the right to post anything or we don't talk it. about anything. It's and, it, and, and it's true. <laughs> it, you know what? If you want to post away, then don't take the money. Go to set and work for free. <laughs> and then you have carte blanche but I don't think too many people want to work for six months for free so they can post something on Facebook or Instagram. It's just people need to be more aware of it and be more conscious of how it affects other people. And then you also get people very upset. Like there was a guy who it's kind of new and he posted something. He did one day on a show we did. Hmm. He posted a photo and and it wasn't very good, and he should have never done it and didn't give credit to the people who worked on it for nine months mm-hmm. and just said, Makeup I did on da 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 da. Mm. And let me tell you, the firestorm that came on him was not pleasant. <laughs> and it's so much so that I'll never, ever, ever hire that person ever again. And that was just out of like the heroin aspect of, of posting. You know, mm. and, and just not being smart and like stopping and going, you know what? I did one day on this. Maybe I shouldn't post this photo. But, that but even was people so who obsessed. have
0: done the whole, whole job, oh, yeah, I'm a little passive aggressive on social media, maybe. Look out, yeah. people. Because <laughs> if I no, see either. somebody right. posting their work, which is beautiful and amazing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they don't mention the department head or anything else. I'm just like, the question is normally, oh, who is the designer on this Mm -hmm. job? Mm
1: Well, no, it's, it's purely misleading purposefully. Mm. And I agree with you. Yeah. There's two things that you can do. You can, you, if you're working with somebody and you are part of the crew and you get permission to post a photo that you did of a, uh, or a post a makeup that you did, mm. you need to put the department head, like, you know, I really, you know, whatever. Mm. But what I, what drives me nuts on the other end is when it's basically like the end credits of a, of a ILM, You know where there's seven thousand people tagged or whatever, and I'm like, oh my lord! Just (laughs) put the department head, okay? I don't need to know who did the eyelashes and who, you know, combed the guy's hair and who did. It's like, for God's sakes, guys! You know, I know you're covering your ass, but just put the department head. It's fine. And, And I did see something rather big that somebody posted recently. And I was really super surprised they didn't tag the department head, and it was a pretty massive show, and it was very—it was all common knowledge who the department head was. And I was like, "Wow, that's a—that's a kick in the nuts." And I think that was perhaps on purpose, um, but uh, but un, but unjustifiable, uh, yeah. and it was really a wrong thing to do. I just wish people would just stop doing it. I mean, I'm going to get to the point where I'm just going to start not following makeup artists because it drives me nuts half the time, some of the crap that I see posted. And, and I love Instagram. It's the only social media I'm on because I love photos and I like looking at stuff, but man, sometimes I'm like, guys, you gotta be smarter than this. And also I think you have to remember how you're representing yourself. So Mm. productions will review your social media Mm -hmm. before they hire you. And we'll see photos of you, out drunk, and we'll see photos of you doing duck lips, yeah. and we'll see photos of you being inappropriate, and those will make a difference in you being hired. And I, I wish people would understand that. Like, don't post things you don't want your boss to see. Mm-hmm. Or potential boss, and now it's it's tighter than ever. You know, I mean, you know, if I was going to hire someone, and then I saw that all they love to do is party, especially in the, this post-COVID, is yeah. like I can't hire that. Per- I can't trust that person, vaccinated or not. Yeah. Like every photo is them drunk at a bar, and I'm like, that's I can't do it. I can't yeah. be irresponsible.
0: I and mean, you're them, doing everything so. you can to be responsible.
1: Yeah. Stop going <laughs> to bars to bring and getting somebody
0: drunk. Into a trailer who's just like yep. mask off. Any yeah, yeah.
1: And you got to be careful. So, I mean, people need to be conscious of that. Like what you post on your social media, your boss or potential boss is going to take a look at. So
0: yeah. think ref- before you post ref- people. Thanks oh my before God. You post. It's not
1: that hard. <laughs> Just like, yeah you know just take photos of a dog of your dog and just post photos of your damn dog all day long i so feel attacked
0: you're talking about me no
1: no no i post photos i like well i was no no i'm not attacking i'm, I'm like kidding. that's a good thing i post photos of my dog alfie all the time I'm like oh alfie's so cute okay i'm gonna put that up there yeah. instead of like you know some sort of monster <laughs> thing like you know, did this uh back in uh you know the stone age on yada 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 it's like instead look oh my dog is eating food <laughs> he's so cute when he eats oh here he's peeing oh he's so cute (laughs) so you know um
0: i wanted to circle back to the academy for a minute Uh so what made you work towards being on the board of governors for the academy and what what does that involve
1: it involves a lot (laughs) it's a it's it's another job um it is i i love the academy and i got into the academy now here's something so i won the academy award and i didn't get membership. And that just shows you that because you win an Academy Award, you are not automatically granted membership to the Oscars, mm-hmm. so or to the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. So it was three years after I won the Oscar. Tammy didn't get in either for quite a while. I think I sponsored her a number of years after. And uh, I got in. I was I love the Academy so much. I love everything about it. I always have. I dreamed of being an Academy member. I felt like at some point, I wanted to run for governorship, and I had a couple other times, and I didn't get voted in, but I knew my time would come, mm. and it did. I'm at the tail end of my first term. Each term is three years, okay. and then I'll, I'll look forward to hopefully being reelected so I can do another three years, but it has been amazing experience, and it's not a job. You don't get paid for it. This mm. is all volunteer,
0: Yeah,
1: and you, um, you have two other governors. So when I got into the governorship, uh, Leonard Engelman was governor and he then had timed out. So I ran for his chair and got it. Uh-huh. And it was myself, uh, Lois Burwell uh-huh. and Kathy Blondell. So there's two makeup artists and one hair governor. Yeah. It was Kathy's last year and it was, um, it was a great experience and really great. And Kathy was the chair. So you have a chair, you have a vice chair, and then third governor. And I was the third governor at that point in my first term. And, you know, what you're responsible for, there's a, quite a lot of meetings you attend. Now via Zoom, which mm. has been wonderful because I can do it anywhere in the world. Yeah. All of us can. And you really help organize your branch, your meetings. You know, we obviously just had a, did our bake-off. Our makeup and hair bake off which took three days to shoot so now the governors are are uh, myself i'm i'm the chair linda flowers is our hair governor and she's vice chair and then there's billy corso who's third governor and he'll move to vice chair in the next next year so you rotate okay. you know which is great so linda will be the chair next year so yeah i mean we had to organize the bake-off and normally we would be doing an in-person bake-off which we were hoping to do but because the virus spiked we weren't able to do an in-person um and the bake-off
0: is just for academy members to um, watch
1: right yes yeah so what what it is is so we we have numerous meetings through the year Mm. and then we have uh, an october and december meeting where we where we come up with the final The 10 movies that are going to go to the bake-off. And the bake-off is like, you know, you have a, a, a pie bake-off or what have you, or, mm-hmm. you know, a casserole bake-off. It <laughs> kind of stems from that. You have the opportunity to have a, a 15-minute interview period with the people that have been chosen to be potential nominees on that ticket. And so that's what we did. So Linda, Billy, and myself interviewed all the artists for each of the 10 films individually and not, not, yeah, we we interviewed them per film. So what we didn't interview them individually. We interviewed like for Dune, it was, Louvet, Ava, and Donald Moat, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'd interview them. So, but because everybody's all over the universe and even Billy's in London shooting a movie, we had to coordinate all our time. So we did like one Sunday and then we did a Saturday and a Sunday. They're very long days. It takes mm-hmm. a lot. And we're v- very lucky. We have, we have a, a liaison at the Academy. His name's Tom Hoyer, And he's been with our branch for a long time and we couldn't do it without him. I always say he's the fourth governor, because mm. he's, he's invaluable to us and to the academy, in my opinion. And um, anyhow, we, you know, we, it, it's a lot of work, you know, it's like, I, I feel like I have, I go to more meetings than I ever thought I would. <laughs> uh, and then on top of it, you know, being on the academy museum, board is also more meetings and which is great and and like i got to be very involved with the people at the academy with bill kramer who's who's the director and president of the academy and and all is all the people that work there and and handle everything and the curators and it's been an amazing experience and i've and then, been
0: seeing it on social media and i'm yet to uh oh it's yet wonderful to visit. I'm looking it's really really it.
1: great and the cool thing about it is it's always going to be evolving like it's mm. not like it's a one-time thing like oh well yeah i saw that exhibit yeah. the exhibits are going to change That's constantly cool. and and there's some amazing programs and the film programs are out of this world like i i just got my book for what's february march and i am already like you know bought tickets for 300 films so you know i mean to go see these movies projected where you're never ever going to have the opportunity again, oh. is, is really something special. Wow. So, you know, if any, any of your listeners are live in LA or planning to come, you got to make sure, put it on your list mm. uh, to go to the Academy Museum on Wilshire. It is really a great celebration of, of film and filmmakers and artists. I mean,
0: it's overdue, um, isn't it? I mean, where is it? it, it been is, all that been, lives? I mean, it's been,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been wanting, you know, they've been wanting to do it for decades and oh, really something. was brought to the forefront by our leadership at the academy, like Don Hudson, and was very instrumental in and helping it get to where it is today. And, and you know, our president, David Rubin, and, and like I said, Bill Kramer was an added, magnificent inspiration to to bring to the table to help make this uh, museum what it is today, which it's, I'm super, super, super proud of. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. love being an Academy member. I love being involved. I love my fellow makeup artists and, and hairstylists. But, you know, as a governor too, it's been really fun to, you know, Billy, myself, and Linda have really interfaced with other governors and other branches. Mm -hmm. And um, because this year was the first year the sound branch had a bake off. Ah. Um, And it was wonderful. And Linda and I attended it. That would happen to be in person, but recorded virtual, the virtual recordings were projected at the Academy Theater, the Goldwyn. And we went to that to support our other governors. And it was really, really wonderful. And we've really made it a point to try to be involved with the other governors as you can. And, and I'll tell you my first meeting, which was in person, you know, three years ago, mm-hmm. I walked into the boardroom and every, I I mean, I was trying to be so cool, but <laughs> I was <laughs> like yeah. losing my mind because there's three governors for every branch yeah, and there are, I mean, my idols were in there, Mm. you know, I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, Richard Edlin and I'm like, oh my God, if it wasn't for Richard Edlin, there'd be no Star Wars, you know, And, and then I'd look over there and there's Alfred Molina and I'm like, oh my God, I love Alfred Molina. He's so great. And, you know, all the, just everybody in that room, I'm sitting there going, oh my God, you know there's Steven Spielberg. Oh my god, if it wasn't for Steven Spielberg, all movies would suck, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like he was such a massive inspiration to me growing up, he mm-hmm. still is. Yeah. I mean, you know, his West Side Story is I think a wonderful movie, beautiful retelling. Yeah, no, it's it's hard for me to to be such a a fan and walk into the board of governors meetings mm-hmm. and see who's in there and I'm like, oh lord, you know. But Lois Burwell really kind of redefined our, I feel really redefined our branch and what it takes to be a governor because she has such class and such presence and so professional and so warm and caring. Mm. And she brought a different sensibility to our branch that I think it was, some was missing prior. And, and I really always channel her and, and think about her, her leadership, which was, is wonderful. And hopefully she'll be back someday to to run as governor again. And I, uh, I kind of scratch my head sometimes we have a lot of members who don't participate and, you know, they get in, they get the honor of getting membership and then you never see them again. They don't join the meetings. They don't, I don't know if they vote, but I'm just like, you know, you got in and people that I have sponsored who don't show up. And I get very disappointed by that. I'm like, wow, I really went to the, to the mat for you and you don't show up to the meeting, which I've never missed a meeting. Maybe I missed one or two, but I got in in 2009. I maybe missed two meetings since then.
0: Yeah. Do you think it'll go back to like, once COVID kind of settles down, do you think you'll go back into in-person meetings? Yes. A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping next year our bake-off will be in person. It should be, you know, I mean, we were so close. And then this Omicron you know, right. raise its ugly head, and and a lot of our members are older, and I think that we decided to oh, just be smart. Bill, Bill, Linda, and myself yeah. made the conscious decision to not do in 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 person, mm-hmm. and we were going to save it for another event, hopefully yeah. coming up soon.
0: And so once that bake off happens, and mm. the members can view it, yes. then they vote on their.
1: Five. Five. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, th- we do the bake-off. It, it, it goes live, you know, and you vote. The members of the makeup and hair branch vote. And those are the five films that will move forward to the Academy Awards. Okay. And then it's opened up to general uh, membership. So, then I think we, there's like nine or 10,000 members now. And that uh, virtual. Bake Off will be trimmed down to the five films mm. and put onto the screening site, right. the Academy Screening Room, and then everybody can watch it, you know, that's, oh, that's an acad- cool. a voting Academy member. So that the whole thing is it's about educating, because so many times there's, obviously listen, there's craft categories mm. that people in our industry don't know anything about. Mm. Sound was one of them. That's why I think it's so important to have the sound branch Bake Off. I went, I mean, I know a lot about sound because my dad was a sound engineer, but people are like a sound. I don't know. I guess it sounded good. Yeah. Like that. Or, you know, uh, I've heard stories of members saying, you know, when I get them doing makeup, I just ask my kids what movie they liked right you know and I'm like well that's not the way to vote <laughs> the academy has done a great job continuing the education of the members the general membership members and the branches they don't belong to and it's been great and I and I get a lot of feedback from people be it actors be it directors be it production designers like oh my god I learned so much and now I can be educated in my vote and that's what we're trying to do and, and I think Absolutely. the sound branch does it yeah VFX does it yeah and we do it
0: I mean the and, uh, thing is you could watch a film and not even realize yeah. the makeup that's Involved yeah. and get to the end of it, and then watch the bake-off and be like, "Oh, that was a yeah. makeup like that." And, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> and, and listen. And sometimes, you know, whenever we think of it, we think prosthetics or big makeup. Not necessarily. Mm. I I actually really gravitate to things that are that are not, I don't want to say invisible, but. Are, are like for instance one of the films in the bake-off was west side story mm-hmm. and i think the hair and makeup in that movie is exceptional judy chin and, and kay Giorgio were the department heads and i think everything looks beautiful and feels real and doesn't look perfect you know mm-hmm. like kay purposely made sure hair wasn't looking like that was 100 percent sprayed down like they were wearing helmets and it was always perfect and there weren't flyaways because that's not how it would be or yeah. you know going back two years like i loved the work nikki uh Lederman and K. Giorgio did for the Joker. Mm-hmm. And I would hear from people like, it's just a clown makeup. I'm like, no, it is not just a clown makeup.
0: You know what? I, I'll be honest. I, it wasn't until I went to the symposium that year. Right. I, every time I've gone and listened to them speak that I'm just like, oh. And yeah. I mean, you know, I work in this industry and I'm still like, <laughs> oh, wow. So is much it? more to it. I mean, there's always more to it than, than you think when you watch something. Oh, but a lot of the time also I'm um, – I'm watching the film and enjoying just the whole film like as a whole not just studying a- as you should be I mean, that's, what,
1: <laughs> that's what we should we should be going and watching a movie and going oh my god this is such a, this is a good film or this film really blows or whatever mm. and then you know it stays in your mind yeah. uh yeah no i think you know so well, you'll have to go to the symposium this year and then you'll learn more about the five movies that are going to go to the academy Awards.
0: is it going to be so, an in-person right? thing or is it
1: we're trying to make that work mm. i think it will <laughs> so yes, I, I I send annoying emails to the leadership of the academy every week. Yeah. Like, hey, just want to talk about. Hey, just wanted to say. I <laughs> mean,
0: I'm going to say anyone that can thinks that they can get to that each year should absolutely. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time going, and I dragged my husband along. And every time I'll say, "Do you want to go?" He's like, "Oh yeah." Like, mm-hmm. and
1: it's a cool, he yeah.
0: has nothing to do with anything with hair and makeup, right. but he loves right. it.
1: I think it's important. It's it's a great event, you know, and uh it's something Leonard Engelman started way back when and it's we're trying to keep it alive. I mean we didn't have we didn't have the symposium last year because of COVID. Mm. There was just no way to do it. But I truly believe there is a way to do it.
0: And, is it like uh, the day or two, a week before? It's like the man? day before. Day it's before. the
1: Saturday before the Academy Awards. So mm. the Academy Awards are the twenty seventh, so it would be in theory, March twenty sixth. Mm. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep prodding the leadership and See, try go. to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So if, even if I have to do it in my backyard, and today at the backyard <laughs> we're having the symposium at my house. So I, I think said that too. Like if I have to do it in my house, I'm going to do it at the house. <laughs> listen I live a great life I am really really lucky and I'm really honored and I never take it for granted and I wake up every morning and I go thank you so much for what for everything I have
0: mm.
1: um it just didn't come easy i worked no I was really gonna hard. say you
0: worked hard for it
1: I worked hard there's a lot of times I had no money you know, when Bob and Greg and I started k and we had no money. We didn't make any money for five years, mm. and we found ourselves we had a we had like a, a soda machine, you know, yeah. and we would break into it and take the money so we could go eat. <laughs> um, we had an honor store, which we weren't very honorable about, and it's like a service that you know has like candy bars and potato chips. And Bob and I constantly tore it open and took the money to go buy something to eat yeah. um we weren't very honorable <laughs> and then we'd write a check for like whatever like here's a check for a box that should cover it <laughs> and they'd always come up they're gonna be like you guys are short like three hundred dollars like really that's how much we eat. all right um <laughs> But we had no money, and, and it was a struggle, and, but yet we found a way you know, and kept moving forward and didn't give up and believed in ourselves and believed in the people we brought in to work at K&B with us. And uh, yeah, it's been a great life. You know, when I, when I decide to call it a day and just go, you know what, I think I'm done. I'm not going to look back or have regrets about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember how great it was and all the friends I had and all the great experiences I've had. And, and yeah, I won't be sad about it because I achieved Everything I wanted to achieve and I got to work with all the people that I really care about and love very much and they'll always be great friends. So I think I've got a very full life, which is nice.
0: That's awesome. I hope more people can say that.
1: I hope so. (laughs)
0: Hey, now tell
1: me. Yes.
0: What one tool or product would you never want to be without, Howard?
1: Oh, let's see. Oh, that's a tough one. One tool or product. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I love my airbrush. Mm Mm-hmm. I do a good combination of both, but I use the same type of airbrush, which is my Pache H. Yeah. That I had ever since I was a kid. My mom bought me for my birthday, I think I was twelve.
0: You a, mean a the one?
1: No, no, not the one. Oh. I had the <laughs> one. Hang on no, no, on no. That. I had the one for forever until i just dropped it so many times it just oh, stopped working yeah. but but i did find every time i drop my airbrush it works better and better you know and i'm like this is working great i love my h airbrush i know i've <laughs> i've hired people who come with a case of airbrushes and there's like 300 different iwatas mm. and all this and they don't know how to use one of them but they have them all mm. and i'm like well why don't you just have a h you know because that seems to be pretty good overall it's you know all rounder Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's just what I prefer. It's like alien, like, really? What about this is a $400 I want? I said, well, I kind of like my eBay $16. Yeah. Pache H that Garrett Immel found for me. And, and there is a difference actually, there's the new H's, which I don't like. And they have like a, a darker red, uh, handle. Mm -hmm. You have to go online like eBay or whatever. And it's like a cadmium red. It's a light red. Those are the ones, those are the older ones. And they work differently. They're they're machined differently and they work really, really well. And you can do great splatter with them. And, you know, but I I like to do a combination of stuff. But anyhow, I love that airbrush. That's it. It's, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I use all different products. I mean, I've been approached over and over again by companies like, would you exclusively use this? And I'm like, no, I can't because I don't exclusively use anything. I use like, I'll use this this. palette.
0: I do. I just have all the shit on my table. I'm like, you know,
1: and then every time somebody will turn me on to something, like, you know, Tammy's like, you should try this base. Mm. Bases, you know, Armani base, And I'm like, oh, I love that base. Okay. And, you know, but maybe I want to do this and I use, you know, Laura Mercier on this person or mm. I can't, I can't commit to one thing. You know, it's like saying, you know, I just use this, this shampoo only, you know, Hask shampoo, it's all I use, but uh, you don't, you know, mm. you mix it all up. And, but I would say, yes, my, my, my Pache H old, probably made in the seventies works absolutely wonderful. So
0: Yes, I I love it. There you go. And who would you like to hear on the podcast?
1: Oh wow! Well, let's see. Who would I like to hear on the podcast? Know what? Uh, Have you talked to Nick Dudman?
0: No, but I've been trying.
1: Nick, Nick, and Nick is like the busiest guy on earth. Yeah, that's but probably he's, why uh, I'm
0: still trying. <laughs> yeah, Nick is awesome. I
1: love Nick Dudman. What a funny guy! What a great guy! What a brilliant artist! You know, here's a guy that spent ten years of his life working on Harry Potter mm. and just created so many magical things. And and uh, you know, to me, Nick should be a household name. I would also say one of your 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 fellow countrymen, Richard Taylor. Um, who's also a very difficult guy to get a hold of at times. But Rich okay. is pure brilliance. I was the very first makeup artist Richard ever met. I was over in New Zealand working on Hercules, the legendary journey. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I met Rich, and we became fast friends.
0: What was and, he doing then? Uh,
1: he was working on Hercules as well. We they kind of split it up. So like K and B did a bunch of stuff, and then Rich did a couple things. But what
0: was he doing?
1: And, what was he doing on that show? Yeah. He did. There was a giant. They had this guy named George who was literally a giant. Mm. And Rich did a, a giant makeup on him. And then he did some miniatures. I remember he did like a sea serpent miniature okay. and uh, some other stuff. And so it was Wayne Toth, Brian Ray, Bob Kurtzman, and myself. We uh, became fast friends with Richard. And one weekend we went down to Wellington mm. and we hung out with Richard and we met his his wife, Tanya. And we went to their teeny little shop, which was probably 1,500 square foot that they, they shared with a guy who made like fake sheep for to sell in like the stores. Like, you know, when you go home, take a sheep home from New Zealand, oh, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And uh and it was really strange. And Richard had all this cool stuff. And then that night we went over to some f- young filmmaker's house, some guy named Peter Jackson, and hung out with him <laughs> and watched. I had brought with me a bootleg copy of Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Pete and Rich had never seen it. So we watched it in Pete's house. And his house was covered in just toys like that, yeah. and I'm like this guy is like and I knew who Pete was cuz you know Dead Alive and and Meet the Feebles and all that stuff in mm. his early movies so it was really exciting for us to meet Pete and then we uh we just became friends all of us became friends and anytime I was in New Zealand I was with Richard and anytime Richard was in America he stayed with us uh he and Tanya would stay at our house and it just there were parallels between us that we both started our companies at the same time we both you know Loved this so much. I mean, Richard. I mean, Richard grew up in you know, in, on a farm in Wellington, or not in Wellington, in Auckland, outside of Auckland. And his father was an engineer for Air New Zealand, and his mother was a farmer and raised these cattle. And Richard was meant to be an engineer or a farmer. And you know, here is a guy who created an amazing world, and and it was all from just taking it doing it the Kiwi way, taking initiative, mm. stepping up to the plate. Uh, you know uh, having what is it number nine fence wire <laughs>
0: Number right? eight I think <laughs> number eight sorry
1: Number <laughs> eight fence wire and figuring it out and Richard always impressed the shit out of me and you know we talk maybe once or twice a year just because he's so busy but we're, we always write letters to each other to check on each other and oh, we have awesome. children to, you know at the same ages mm-hmm. and and he's a great man and a great friend and and he has a true love for for invention. It's that mind. it's that kiwi mind that's always tinkering. And reinventing the wheel and figuring out what the best way is to do it without knowing what you shouldn't be doing. I think that that's actually one of Richard's greatest successes is he did things he had no idea he shouldn't be doing, mm. and they they worked wonderfully. You know, the <laughs> fact the fact is he just jumped into the pond of Lord of the Rings is, I mean monumental beyond words you know and he always said like i'm a sheep farmer mate yeah
0: i think what uh, i was talking to um gino the other day or the other week of the month and he said something interesting that made me think because they are so separated almost from the rest of the i mean that you know down in new zealand it's so far away and not not having a lot of other people to bounce off that they do really need to kind of think outside the box Mm -hmm. on their own a little bit Absolutely. more,
1: so. Yeah. And I mean, it's, they've been very lucky about having somebody like Gino Acevedo working there. Who's, you know, from the States mm. and, and, and a very brilliant mind when, when Richard was going to start Lord of the Rings, he called me and he's like, Howard, I have like 500 resumes. What do you think? And I said, I'm going to tell you who to hire three people, Bill Hunt, mm. Tammy Lane, Gino Acevedo. Yeah. And that's all you need to hire from America at this point. And he hired those three. And those three did great work for Richard and were there. And Gino's still at Weta. Yeah. And it worked out really well. I said, you're going to get a million emails and letters from people wanting to work on Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, I just have these three people to recommend. And I just think they're the only people to hire. Yeah. And he did. And it worked out great. So, you know. So, yes, to answer your question, I would love to hear Nick Dudman or Richard Taylor would be wonderful.
0: I love it. Howard yes this has been so amazing chatting with you
1: same here thank you <laughs> thanks for the opportunity it was really really fun of
0: course I was so excited that you said yes
1: of course of course yeah no actually when I heard Tammy I'm like how come Jamie Lee didn't come
0: <laughs> I was getting there I was getting there <laughs> well I said that to Tam
1: I'm like oh I guess I'm on Jamie Lee's uh don't pay no mind list huh whatever okay great fine. yeah I should talked to Marino you know <laughs> great <laughs>
0: You know, to give some other people a chance. Oh, but. I know. Believe me, I think it's
1: great. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I know they're all great. Great. I've listened to a bunch of them, so it's oh, always yay. always fun. It was funny listening to Tammy's, and because she's talking to you, I heard her her New Zealand twang come out a couple times, That's which so does, funny. which happens sometimes. If she's, it's just like it's like through osmosis. Yeah. If She's near somebody or talking to somebody who's Kiwi. Yeah. Um, she starts to get a couple twangs.
0: It's so funny. I didn't notice. I'll tell you what yeah. though, when I was talking to Tammy, it was incredibly difficult because we had a huge delay when mm. we were talking like she was um at her place at the lake and I oh, don't yeah, know terrible. yeah Wi-Fi and so I would say something and then there'd be like the silence and then yes. <laughs> yeah like, oh God
1: yeah it's the worst it's the words I think there's like a muskrat running on a cage that powers her internet there it's the worst I always like listen don't call me from the cabin go to go into town and then call me I can't do this <laughs>
0: it's awesome well thank you so much howard
1: thanks jamie it was great
0: for links to see more about our guests go to our instagram at the last looks podcast or our website thelastlookspodcast.com if you want to keep up with new episodes being released be sure to subscribe through apple podcasts spotify amazon google play youtube or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro, the song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.